from my understanding. He got fired, and then everybody else quit. Yeah. He got fired for sending his penis around. That happens. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Remember, too, whenever uh, it was, we found the, the German Scheiser porn? That's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah. What yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. got <laughs> <laughs> right in front of you. Welcome back to the Judge Torium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. And uh, just so you know, Alexa Bliss is pissed about our listener numbers, too. <laughs> Matt Anderson. Is that even your real name? <laughs> So here in the Judge Torium, the boys bask in the days of their yesteryears, and everyone likes a little boost remembering something they loved. So what if I said Chinooky and White Lightning makes you miss Full Pint, doesn't it? Well, miss them no more, because Full Pint is back and rolling hotter than before with the classic brews you grew to love and some exciting new beers to satisfy the nerdiest of craft beer enthusiasts. Grab a pint at their Warrendale site where kiddos and puppers are more than welcome. And if you want to grab and go, you can snag a four-pack of your favorites at over 20 different distributors from Catanning all the way to Robinson. Check out fullpint.beer for full details and give them a follow on social media to get daily updates on tap lists, food trucks, events, and much more. Just make sure you tell them the boys sent you. So, Adam, we are back in the Jojatorium for another fantastic episode of Decaying with the Boys. What's up, my biscuits to my gravy? How you doing? <laughs> oh, you make me blush. I want to say real quick, before we go anywhere else, I had a pumpkin spice thing that I really hated, and I think whenever one of us gets punished, I'm going to bring it to the buffet. You're just going to leave it a surprise? Yes. Okay. That's fine. I almost threw up. And speaking of full pint, it's getting really close to Night of the Living Stout season. Oh, yeah. Which said, they have, what do they have, that Dawn of the Night of the Living Stout. What is that? Yeah, it's a white stout. Yeah. It's, like, I, go on uh, Hop Nation, one, I think it was like two episodes ago, or last episode. I think it was their last episode. Yeah. Well, by the time, no, by the time you're listening to this, it's it was a, two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. So go check them out. I talked to uh, the owners and operators and brewers of uh, Full Pint, and they talk about that beer, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, so... Uh, fall season's here, man, and nothing makes me think of fall more than Night of the Living Stout. I remember that beer like like it's a pillow. Uh, it's just it's amazing. That and Spooky Tooth are Pittsburgh staples. Absolutely, and I reloaded on Spooky Tooth very recently. Uh, my my fridge overfloweth with the tooth. I still don't think I've had a pumpkin beer. I've had some Oktoberfest because oh mean, yeah, it is Oktoberfest season. Marzins are great, man. Saving that pumpkin till now. I mean, it's a nice crisp like fifty five degrees out right it's now. Beautiful, yeah. It's pumpkin weather. It certainly is. Uh, so, speaking of beers, Adam, we're in round one. You brought some beers, put them together, got round one beers. What hey, got? round one beers. We got Party on Fifth from Kushwa Brewing Company. Uh, they are out of Williamsport, Maryland. But I brought this one because they collabed with a Pittsburgh brewery, which is Dancing Gnome, very well known. And they did what Dancing Gnome is very well known for, and that's an Imperial Double New England IP. Oh, wow. Okay. Hero slash double. Technically, I, I, I usually say double. Yeah. Um, but it is, like I said, a double uh, New England IPA. And it is uh, features Nelson, Amarillo, and Ella hops. And the aroma gives you a mix of white wine, grape, and citrus. And the taste is fruit forward but balanced. 
It so, sounds really elegant. Let's check it out. So if you want to find what's going on with Cushwell, all you have to do is search them out. It's uh, C-U-S-H-W-A on social media. And, and I would like to thank them for their untapped page being filled with information. Yes. <laughs> it sounds delicious already. So, of course, search them out on social media. Um, uh, these kind of beers, I love them. I can't have too many of them, but I'm very excited to have this one. Only because when you tell me double... Uh, New England. I know this thing's going to be juicy AF. Yeah. And this is a, another one. Uh, if anybody wants to know where to get it, I got this one at Two Daughters in Mount Lebanon as well. I think it's the same place I got all mine from the Dennis episode we had. Yes. Uh, Two Daughters is killing it with their takeouts. So uh, right off the rip here, while Adam takes his first sip, I'll tell you, this thing is so cloudy, there's no way you're going to see through it. Um, it is exactly what you think it's going to be when it comes out of the can, and I can smell it for days. Adam, what's your first sip taste like? I do get a very whiny aroma on the nose, and it's, yeah, it's a fruit forward, but yet still bitter, uh, double New England. It's not super sweet. Like, it's it's kind of dry. It's definitely not dry, but it's getting there, and it has bitterness, which I like the bitterness. Bitterness doesn't linger. Um, this is a very good kind of ease your way into the IPA game kind of beer, especially for an 8%. Yeah. It's very, well, very you, drinkable. You could have lied to me and said it was a 5.5 because it's not coming off like an 8. But I'll tell you right now, the bitterness is on point to where it's not it's not going to take over the sweet, and the sweet doesn't take over the bitterness. It's a nice, even roll. I, uh, I agree with you that it's a great uh, first step into IPAs, especially when you're going for those doubles because some of these doubles can be completely unforgiving. We've all had one. We're like, this sounds amazing. And then you take your first step and you go, oh, shit, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even if it's good, you get some of that alcohol heat or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to hurt. That's a tough yeah. one. Then a heartburn comes in. Oh, yeah. Then you're like, your 35-year-old ass is looking for your Zantac and your bag. Because <laughs> old men carry bags, too. So we're in round one. And we are in another fantastic week of professional wrestling. I know we're not going to review Raw. Uh, but I have to say that this this week's Raw was actually pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. We're going to touch on it a little bit. Um, but I actually enjoyed it for the most part, despite the fact that everyone walked out of Alexa Bliss's match. Um, but NXT is still struggling, but AEW is killing it right now. Absolutely killing it. Um, so we had the first night of Grand Slam, uh, and it had a, just a, a completely packed card. And... I I just typed up the matches as I saw them, but right off the rip, I have to say the way they shuffled these matches blows my mind. Yeah. Because everyone, if you look at this card, you would say Omega and Danielson is the main event. Has to be. Tony Khan says, nope, it's the first match. He busts out the dream match. A singles competition between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. So, this match was it's scheduled to be a 30 minute time limit. Uh, both guys came out to actual thunderous applause. Even Kenny Omega, the the heel of the century, got a, a really good pop when he came out. Yeah, the crowd was super hot for yeah. these two guys. And uh, Brian Danielson came out smiling like a butcher's dog. If I could bring it back to Pittsburgh, uh, I. Cannot explain to you how much I love the American Dragon persona. It, it he's stiffer, he's more aggressive, he's faster, and Kenny Omega had to match that intensity, and he 
delivered. Yeah. yeah. It was just a full-on more aggressive uh, Brian Danielson than what you've seen in WWE the last couple years. Yeah. Um, and he pulled out cattle mutilation I at was going to say was, that, too. I was psyched about that. Yeah. Uh, the only bummer part of this match is with it going on first and with JR or whoever was the announcer that kept repeating 30-minute time limit, I knew exactly what the finish was yeah. going to be. So other than that, it was a great match. That's the only thing that took away from it because it was like instant spoiler that, well, this is going to go to a draw. Yeah. And I think, too, like, and you're right. The context clues are there. It lets you know what's going to happen. But I think it's the right call, especially for these two guys, because what's the one thing you don't want to see when you sign a big talent? You don't want to see them shoot directly to the top and take over the belts and everything. Oh, no, I agree. Um, but I, I think in that retrospect, though, you look at this match and it's being called match of the year people are giving it that uh and there and there's a there's a split on the ending and i get that but i think it's it's long form storytelling which we've seen AEW do very well and i think you're gonna see uh omega and danielson dance again at a big pay-per-view i think it's second for match of the year i still think that lucha brothers young bucks cage match is number one this is a very close second this is my favorite Kenny Omega AEW match. Though. Oh yeah, hands by, down by yeah, yeah. Uh, by far. Yeah, oddly enough, you know what match I really liked him in in, in the history of all this is when he fought uh, Joey Janela. I thought they put on a really good match for Joey B in like a like a jobber for the yeah. most part, but they put on a pretty good match. Yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, yeah. considering yeah yeah considering <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I will never <laughs> be like it's the greatest match ever. But I thought they had uh, Omega does pretty well at selling damage aside from that death match barbed wire streamer he didn't want to take a bump <laughs> so oh, speaking of taking a bump yeah. real quick before yeah. we move on the the dragon suplex off the top rope i didn't know by danielson was insane bro that one and when he took the uh snap on the ramp and twitched and then followed by the v trigger from like running downtown yeah. like that looked painful these that guys looked legit to me I, i'm gonna have to go back and watch this match again in about a week or so just to really sit down and just watch this to get every little nuance to it. Cause I was watching it on un- yeah. unabided attention, but there, I just like both I gotta, guys selling yeah. was great. Yeah. Great job here. Great booking. And I can't wait to see what they do next. Um, so we move on to the next match here and my, my mind serves me right. Was it, was it the black and Rhodes match? That was no, it was Pillman MJF. Next, Thank I you believe. very much. I appreciate that you can keep track of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were only five matches. There's not too much credit. Hey, listen, and I, I was sober last night. <laughs> I wasn't. I pre-gamed for Grand Slam, and then I kept my buzz going. So you may have to correct me a couple times. But uh, Brian Pillman Jr. took on uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman in a singles match. And leading up to this match, uh, MJF was talking horrendous shit about the Pillman family. Took on everybody from the late great Brian uh, Brian Pillman, uh, his mother, his sister, and anyone who his aunt who oh, yeah. like basically raised him. Yeah, everybody. what's up, Metheny? Uh, just really going to town on Brian Brian's family. Um, here's the thing: you know that MJF's going to come out on top here. You just like the thing for me about this match was I wanted to see how he was going to do it because Pillman is actually like. I know he's doing more dark elevation stuff, uh, but he's a he's a pretty good wrestler, man. I mean, this is a good opportunity for him to have a, a main event style match in front of a lot of people on national television. Who I thought was, and I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be a genius about it, but for as young as I think his career is, 
like from my recollection of when he like started in MLW, like yeah. he's doing pretty well for how new he is at this. Yeah, I he's agree. not gr- he's not great when you compare him to somebody who has five years of experience or something on ma- on television. But he's getting there quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he did well. This was his best singles match by a long shot that I've oh, yeah. ever seen. Hands so. down. And I, I like it. I like him in the Varsity Blondes tag. I, I like everything about him in that except their name and their gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like him. I like them as a team. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't stand their entrance music, can't stand the Letterman jackets, can't Come stand. On. No, can't it's stand fun. It's fun for the kids. Yeah, you can, uh, yeah the kids. Yeah, fun for the kids. Go watch WWE, this kids. Is, I thought this was PG. So... <laughs> so uh, good back and forth here. Pillman really got a lot of offense in here, and I felt that MJF was doing a fantastic job of selling. MJF does two things very well. He pisses everybody off, and he sells offense. He was on display, because anytime he got any stitch of offense in on himself, he was flexing for the crowd. He was flicking his dick all over the place. I mean, he just did what heels do, and MJF is, and I'm going to say it, and you can come after me if you want to, he's the best heel in wrestling I, right now. I agree completely. Yeah. Currently, yes, he's yeah. the best heel, and he's the best on the mic out of Oh yeah, anybody. He's at least up there. I can't think of anybody who's better than him right now. Yeah. Like, when he grabs the mic, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I'll, I stop what I'm doing to watch what he's doing. So um, Yeah, and I mean, you knew he was going to get the win. He was very close to his hometown, um, just on the other side of New York. But... Um, his parents came too, yeah. which is great. Like, oh, I hate MJF signs and MJF sucks t-shirts. It's, it's, I saw an, yeah. I forget who they did the interview with, but somebody had a microphone, like some internet show, and went and found them in the crowd and like interviewed them before the show started, I guess. <laughs> and his dad's like, I know my son's a prick. He's just too old. I can't beat his ass anymore. I'll go to jail. And then his, mo- <laughs> his mom butted in and was like, I can still kick his ass. <laughs> And then, and then you know, too, if MJF was anywhere near them, he'd be like, all right, you old bitch, let's see what you got. Right. <laughs> so the ending of this match, I think, was perfect, too, because uh, Brian Pillman went for, for like a high-end fly move off the top rope, and he got caught in the salt-of-the-earth armbar, which MJF uh, also sells very well. It's it is exactly what it is. It is just a routine armbar. But he like really flexes his back into it and he sells it. And Brian Pillman did a great job. He tapped out quick, which I thought was kind of. I wish he would have held, held on for a little bit longer. Like he ripped on your dead dad and talked to him. Yeah, about I mean, he was selling like an arm injury like from yeah. halfway through the match. Though, like MJF was working that arm a lot, so it was. I mean, I think yeah. it was okay. I mean, g- great match, and I I want to see what Brian Pillman does next. I don't think that this feud's over. I. I hope it is. I, I think, think they should is. revisit it down the road, but I don't think eh. this is something that needs to be lingered on any longer. Unless you like throw them both, like it's Varsity Blondes versus MJF and Sean Spears or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Like if you throw it into a tag mode, I could see it getting a little more life. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm good with this for now. Yeah. Let let uh, Pillman go do something else, and then revisit this in like a year. Yeah, I think I think Pillman would do really well. Kind of trolling around the mid card right now and racking up just gain some experience get some more singles matches for sure yeah uh so we move on to the next match here and this one is malachi black taking on cody rhodes correct thank you thank you i have enough pumpkin spice in my brain and beer from last night i should be able to function so malachi black has the coolest entrance right now uh, he, the mask he has, the entrance he has, it's just like, it's dominant. I love it. And then Cody Rhodes came out like straight up fucking Homelander 
and again. Again. And I'll get into why I love this so much momentarily. I'll tell you why right now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm telling you right now. Well, there's there's two big reasons why I really enjoyed this. So, of course, Cody Rhodes brought back Arn Anderson, who finally is back from quote-unquote injury. And then he brought out his lovely bride, Brandy Rhodes. She came out to uh, accompany him down, and she was wearing her best uh, Wonder Woman outfit. Yep. Brandy Rhodes is just really beautiful. I can't. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what, four weeks per- post yeah, having I, a baby? She, I think she posted. She's like, she's three months postpartum. And she looks like she never had a kid. She, uh, three months. Three months. I didn't think she was gone that long. Uh, no, I look like I'm three months from having a having a child. Yeah, just keep her out of the matches. <laughs> she, <yeah. laughs> that part pissed me off. That was yeah, it was a bit too much. So um, Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes, great, great, set, good chemistry here. First and foremost, I know people give Cody a lot of hate for how he wrestles. I think he has good chemistry just by anybody. I don't think there's any consistency issues. The only consistency issue I saw here with this match is, number one, Brandy Rhodes, please don't get into the ring. Nope. Don't do that. Uh, Brandy Rhodes got into the middle of the ring when Malachi Black hit some stellar offense, crossed his legs, and was waiting. Brandy Rhodes crossed her legs, sits in front of him, says, fuck you. Gives him gives him the birds. Yeah, gives him the birds. Yeah. Uh, and then the other spot I really wish wouldn't have happened was Arn Anderson trying to run the curtain. I just don't know what the hell he was trying to uh, The spot was there. I know what the spot's supposed he to be. He was trying to send himself back into the injury. Like, he went around the post. I thought he had it, and then he just fell. Yeah. I think that was That's legit. legit. That didn't play into the match. Nope. Because nope. he got back up on the curtain after that. Yeah. So. And then he got hit off again. Or the apron, not the curtain. Yeah. I don't know why I call it a curtain. I don't know, but yeah, he was on the apron, tried to cross over. He has, you know what? He got called Jungle Boy for that shit. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what it was about this match. I wasn't like super interested the whole way through. It didn't grab my attention as much as their first meeting. Um, I thought Cody got a little too much offense in, or it was just a little too long. I don't. I don't really know. And then at the end, I expected a turn or a run in, or I was really looking for like Buddy Murphy to. Yeah. show up to be honest well we, i heard today that aw completely passed on buddy murph oh no they compl- Bud but murph but impact has him like the, the yeah. contract is ready for signature cool. yeah well he'll be yeah. somewhere oh yeah but sure. um yeah i don't know what it was it wasn't a bad match it just and the fin- oh well, and then the finish was malachi black's spit the yeah. black mist in the stage for the win which i was like Okay, that's fine, but yeah. it, it didn't make him look as strong as I wanted him to coming out of this. And maybe this program's not over. I, I don't know. It's not, because, and here's why. Everyone was talking shit on Cody after this match, and I get it, because this was overbooked, oversold. Right. There, was, there was too many gimmicks in this, botches. It was fucked up. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a good match, should have been a good match, but it was an okay match. Here's what I think is the reasoning. The crowd was booing the shit out of Cody Rhodes. Yes, they were. Cody Rhodes was no- feeding off of it. Yeah, he acknowledged it. So if you look at like his entrance. He's going full on Homelander. He, yeah. He's going to heel turn in the middle Huge of the series. Huge cape. Uh, Homelander to the nth degree. And if you haven't watched The Boys on Amazon Prime, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm telling you right now. Where is season three? It's coming. Huh. It's coming. Cody Rhodes is going to go full blown heel because of this. And he and Malachi Black are going to dance hard fucking core. And it's going to be because Cody Rhodes is going to say, is going to be like, I gave you AEW. I gave you all of this. I gave you everything you ever wanted. And you still don't accept me. 
I think he's going to go full blown heel, and then he's going to be because that's when Cody Rhodes is his best when he's a heel. Right, he's going heel. Right, one thousand percent. And then he and Malachi Black are going to put on the match that everybody wants him to put on. Yeah, I think the only time I enjoyed him as a face was when he was going against Jericho. Yeah, because it was like old and young, and you kind of because I think even when it was him and Dustin going against each other, like he was kind of heelish to tweener. But him against Jericho, like, was probably his best face. Yeah. Promo, like, promo and whole friggin' gimmick ever. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, like, like almost like business owner face. That was his thing. Yeah. And, it's really yeah. hard to be an executive VP of the company. Yep. I always find it crazy because everyone gives him shit, but, like, the Bucks have championships and they keep, like. Yeah, but they're heels already. Yeah, yeah. So it just it gives them more heat. You're true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're if you're an owner and you're a babyface, and especially trying to be like an ultra babyface, you just come off as obnoxious. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think, but I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to get everyone to hate um, him. So I, mean, th- I think he played into it uh, yeah. this week, especially. Yeah, this I don't know about time. before this week, but oh yeah, this week he knew what he was doing. He felt it. Yeah, on that front, the match, yeah, an overbooked slop fest. But yes, uh. Then we go into a match here that I think was booked well. And this is the Sting and Darby Allen taking on FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. So, of course, with Tully Blanchard as a sidecart. So, the reason why this match, to me, played well is because Darby Allen and FTR did a great job of wrestling around Sting. Yes. Sting was able to do the things that he does well without looking like he's losing a step. He looked – people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, does Sting actually have a fluid, solid match? That's the illusion. He had a solid match because he had a three-move set. I'm running from corner to corner. I'm going to beat my chest, and I'm going to lock in the Scorpion Deathlock. Do a couple do a couple chops. That's it. Yeah. That's all I need to do. And Cash and Dax did a great job of selling. They did a great job of wrestling around Sting. And Darby Allen, of course – the thing I loved most about Darby is that he got hung up in the tree of woe at the end. And right when you thought Dax was going to come in and like do some heel shit and fuck up the, the death lock, Darby hits that coffin drop on the apron. Yeah, Looked good. brutal. Uh, so Sting and Darby take home the win here. You kind of wanted to see FTR take this win because they're a great tag team. They need to be elevated. But I think for right now, this was a good idea to hopefully set this up for a rematch where FTR fucking destroys them. And they had their best gear ever on. Oh, yeah. NWO, black and white. So cool. uh, Kind of inspired gear, I guess I would say. Yeah, for sure. And props to Tully Blanchard. He took a little apron bump. Yeah, he did, man. I'd tell you what. Who... What's the match everyone was like bitching about that Tully might be in? Is it Tully? Is it Tully and Arn or is it, who is it? Tully and somebody. No, Tully's been talking shit on Sting. So, so Tully, Tully and Sting. Sting. Oh, God. <laughs> Please don't. No, don't. <laughs> I don't want to see an old man die on TV. Only if you do it like, here's what I'll say. If you do it like this, if you make it somehow where MJF is feuding with Darby Allen and then it's Sting and Darby taking on MJF and Tully. No, I still don't want to see it. That's the I only way. It, to to it. me, it's the only way it's going to In a work. theatrical match, maybe. Because then if yeah. one of them dies, you can just scrap it. Yeah, you just, or you just edit over it. <laughs> just ignore it. Sting goes into but the But I would abyss. like to say Paul White uh, slash Big Show, take notes. This is how yeah. you should 
book a match yeah. at your age. Even though I think Paul White's probably 10 years younger than Sting. But. He is, but he's 30 years past him. On, on the knees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sting looks good. I'm just going to put out there. Yeah. Sting looks he good. Looked great. Yeah. I mean, he's wrestling in a t-shirt, but other than that, he yeah. looks great. But he doesn't need to. I mean, he's still. Oh, yeah. yeah he it doesn't matter. Better body than I do. Badass gothic grandpa. I don't care. Hell yeah, bro. And I liked he had the fucked up face paint, yeah, too. It looked he's, good. Yeah. Dude, if he goes full Joker again, that'd be funny. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> ah, 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 Please don't. Don't go Sting Ledger. <laughs> so we ramp up to the main event of the night, which I thought was, was the coolest idea uh, for the writing because you, you hooked everybody with the uh, Daniel Bryanson and um, Kenny Omega match, and they all stuck around. Daniel Bryanson? Daniel Bryanson. <laughs> I'm not going to let that slide. Brian Danielson. There you go. <laughs> Bryanson. I make money with the words that come out of my mouth. <laughs> Brian. Dude, you have two first names. You just keep adding son to the end of it. I just get confused. D- Daniel Bryanson, though, sounded like he just joined Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> does <laughs> there's no mercy in this dojo <laughs> it's like the evil twin of danielson oh yeah. it's brian danielson he's so, the enemy rewind it's like noob sabat <laughs> <laughs> he's from the nether realm brian danielson so you build up to uh the main event here with dr Britt baker dmd of course with rebel and uh ms hater taking on ruby soho who has nobody in her corner um, for the AEW Women's World Championship. And you you knew off the rip that Britt Baker was going to have some assistance in this match uh, because Ruby is built up to be quite formidable, which she was. This match was really good. There's only one botch that was kind of glaring, and it was... Um, it was right at the beginning, too. Yeah. It was the, like the, the first twist. minute in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I think they were going for, like, an, an arm crank. Yeah. But one of them miscommunicated and started, like, backing like it was going to be an irish whip yeah. like it started bouncing off the rope and then they just yeah took it to the outside i thought Britt played it pretty well because she sold it like uh she had a head injury she's like oh i'm just too dizzy and right she, she kind of like fell out of the ring a little bit um but great great job here by Britt baker uh letting ruby get in a ton of offense ruby really got in some shots here which i thought was really good um especially because ruby it, you know, she's trying to find her footing in AEW and she got propelled super quick to the top. Yeah. So this was like, you knew that Britt Baker was going to win this match, but you had to see Ruby Soho put on a really good show so she can already inject herself into a now for like two months, very much improved women's division. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I'm, I'm impressed at how much they got in with how little time they had. Cause I think they had 15 minutes left and there, I think there was still one commercial break. Yeah. Either as they were making their entrances or early on in the match. Um, so it was paced fast, which is probably why that one major botch happened. Uh, I think they were just a little too excited or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the match was good. It was interesting. Um, you kind of, like you said, knew the result. I don't know where they go from this. I don't know if they keep this uh, feud going or it's kind of weird because both, well, Ruby got the shot because she won the the battle royal. Yeah. So that, I guess that makes more sense. But for Brian Danielson, like he just came in and like challenged and got the title shot. So it's, are they going to make, go make the stats matter again and have them get some wins now and then come back into it or. Well, I think the stats still mattered. 
with the Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryanson match. See, I did it on purpose. It's it's making me cringe. The Omega and Danielson match, I think, still makes the stats matter because it was a singles match non-title. So no, I thought that was ended up for the title. No, it's not for the title. Oh, it was a singles match. Yeah, Bummer. no title. Uh, otherwise, that would have been the main event for sure. That yeah. would have been the event. So you you still have the stats in there, and then it still protects the reason why Ruby Soho got into the AEW Women's World Championship match because she won the she ba- won the Casino Royale. Right. So so I think she goes down the card a bit. Oh yeah, and get sure. some wins. You'll see her on every show. Oh yeah, she'll be on Dark. She'll be on Rampage. She'll be on Dynamite. Just. I think up wins. it'd be really cool to see her get into something with like, I don't know. I mean, she, she has a great attitude. She's kind of anti-hero-ish. So she could like really mix up with anybody she wants to. It'd be kind of cool to see her and Anna Jay go at it for a little bit. And it'd be kind of fun. Right now. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Cause Anna Jay is, is she's, prim- she's beating the shit out of that Jersey or that Philly chick. Yeah. But she's priming herself to be the leader of the dark order. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. And, oh, and they're going to go. Heel they're going to go straight heel. Um, I think her and Tay Conte are getting them women's tag title. Well, I hate to burst your bubble because we'll talk about that in a minute. Did Tay get injured? Nope. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but I just like before we move on from this all together, yeah. going back to Brian Danielson and the stats. Daniel Bryan. Can I can I start a little a little hashtag Don't forget about Cowboy? Like, come on. Oh yeah. I totally. hope he doesn't fade out of the title picture. I don't think he will. I think what's going to happen here is he's going to be one of those like. Comes out of the mist. No one forgot about him, but everyone was not thinking about him. Right. You know what I kind of mean? Do you think he's going to be back for full gear? Yeah, oh yeah. He's going to be back for full gear. Because there was already chance last night of a, you know cowboy shit. It was like, it was faint, but it was out there. It was starting up a little bit here and there. And he's... Yeah, kind of in the post-match beat. Yeah. You could hear yeah, it. yeah. And he's primed. He's primed to jump right into that spot to start challenging again for the, the title. Which would be kind of cool is if you let him slowly take out members of the elite to get his wins built back up. And then one up. week he just accidentally takes out Luchasaurus. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you, your hatred for With Luchasaurus. a shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going iguana hunting. So, d- the put a nice little package here on the Baker and Soho match. Uh, again... Baker has her stable. I don't think that she needs to have them interfere as much as they do because their interference was directly related to her putting in the lockjaw, which I, she didn't need that because she's shown on multiple occasions she has the skill set to win on her own. And I and I think this is ultimately gonna there's a collision course between Baker and Thunder Rosa, and that has to happen, and it has to happen pure. There can't be any outside interference when those two go on. And you have to build up the facts that Britt Baker can carry a match with outside interference. And you're not doing that here by having them interfere against Ruby Soho, who, if you look at, in comparison, Ruby Soho isn't on the same level as Thunder Rosa. So if you have to interfere on Ruby Soho, then you're just like setting up that you have to interfere with Thunder Rosa. Right. So I want to see Britt Baker win some pure matches. So that way she can build herself as like, like NWO style. Like, yeah, like they were all like a big band of people. But if you look back at the tapes, those guys won matches on their own. They were just a skilled group. That's why I want Britt Baker to be with hers, with her little stable. I want them to all be like formidable people. I mean, Rebel won't be because she's always going to be like a cheerleader. But like her and Hater should just be like superhuman. Right. Yeah. 
I okay. agree. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to see what happens here. Ruby Soho is going to really propel the AEW's women's ranks. It's it's going to be really – it's a cool time for wrestling right now, and it's a great time for women's wrestling. I want to see what Ruby does. So best of luck to Ruby Soho and Britt Baker. We fucking love you. So from Buckle to Bell, the boys bring you the best wrestling, wrestling news in the biz. So – you thought we weren't going to talk about Ric Flair and his helicopter penis full. You're wrong. <laughs> because he is showing off Space Mountain, and it's a hot topic right now. So if you're not watching Dark Side of the Ring, meet Spin.Rick. <laughs> One, two, three. But <laughs> if you're not watching Dark Side of the Ring right now, you're doing yourself a disservice. Dark Side of the Ring is probably one of the cool docu- coolest docuseries just in general, they do a great job of covering uh, factoids from wrestling from yesteryear all the way to modern wrestling. It's so cool. But yeah, and be- yeah. And before we get into this story, this one covered the plane ride from hell, which I- I'm a nerd. I listen to shoot interviews from everybody that wants to give one. So I've heard this story a bajillion oh, yeah. times from wrestlers that were interviewed for the show and not. And this was still unbelievably interesting the whole way through yeah and this week's is about canyon and i can't wait because the way especially wwe treated him when he was allegedly trying to come out was horseshit and i really hope they get into it like wwe might be on a downslide with this second half of the the dark side of the ring season it did not start off well no this second episode (laughs) they're not gonna look good either and um i mean nor should they if they did what he claims they did to him. If but. half the shit that Canyon says happened, yeah, I can promise you right now, here in the Jojatorium, we will not cover. It's gonna make it. It's WWE. gonna make a. It's gonna make a beloved uh, superstar look really bad. Yeah, and I and I can I can tell you right now, Adam, uh, we won't cover them. It'll no. be it'll be done. We'll talk yeah. about Dark Side of the Ring, but we won't cover them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll get real cool with MLW and GCW. <laughs> <laughs> so. Like Adam said, the Plane Ride from Hell episode debuted on Dark Side of the Ring, and it's a recap of one of the most notorious events in modern wrestling. So if you don't know what this is all about, several wrestling megastars were traveling on a plane, and they were going from one venue to the next. And on this plane... They were actually on their, they were on their way home from the European tour. So I think they were coming from... That's right. Ire- UK, Ireland, yeah. maybe, maybe England. Uh, and they were, yeah, flying home. So it was the end of a long tour. Yeah. So everyone tried to get real relaxed. And, and I think they said like more than three-fourths of the plane had gotten just shit housed. Yeah, because they got stuck on the tarmac for yeah. out, like six or seven hours. Right. And went through at least three bar carts is what they said on yes. the episode. Yeah. It is. And I'll tell you right now, if, if you didn't watch Ric Flair's 30 for 30, go watch that too. This dude could put liquor away. Watch that before this because this is going to paint him in a different light. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> so the mega controversy of this episode, of course, is fo- focused on the nature boy as flight attendant Heidi Doyle accused the dirtiest player in the game of forcing her to touch his genitals while he wore only one of his nature boy robes. Um, this and also too, someone said that he was helicoptering his penis at one point. So uh, two very notable wrestlers have faced heat from statements they made in the Dark Side of the Ring episode. So first and foremost, Rob Van Dam, Mr. RVD, came out to clarify his statements by explaining that his words were taken completely out of context and that, quote-unquote, creative editing would have people thinking that the whole effing show saw the nature boy crowding Ms. Doyle and helicoptering his penis. 
RVD refutes this, stating that this was a splice job and several of his statements that he made during this interview. But he also did, he came back and further elaborated that he didn't see anything happen, but that Rick was back in that part of the cabin for an extended period of time. So he's not denying that it happened. Right. He's just saying he doesn't have mm-hmm. I first it's all hearsay for him. Like he was just there and he knows Rick was where he was. So yeah. also too, I it's it, it really reminds you how fragile the careers of wrestlers are. You're one bad spot, one bad statement away from losing everything. Because that's what exactly we see here with Tommy Dreamer. He is taking some of the most serious heat that I've seen a wrestler take for making statements on Dark Side of the Well, Ring. he said dumb shit, and then yes. at the end of the episode, he said really dumb Super shit. Super dumb yeah. shit. So uh, he's currently unemployed as this episode of DWTV is airing. So Uncle Tommy was asked about the plane ride, and he talked about the sexual assault with stating that uh, Ric Flair is not going to try to impose by force any sexual stuff onto anybody. He's just flaunting styling, profiling, and doing the Ric Flair stuff where everybody's going to laugh about it, but obviously someone took offense to it. He then went on to challenge Doyle, uh, settling the matter outside of court by accusing her of not following through to the fullest extent as if it was the truth. So again, you have someone who's stating they were sexually assaulted, and you have somebody stating, well, if you said that outside of court, why the hell did you even bring it up? Because it can't be true if you didn't go through the court process. But what people don't realize is that sexual assault is super fucking traumatizing. Especially to this woman who was married and just had a kid. Yeah. This was her first flight back, like her first trip back to work after yeah. having a child. So she has a whole family at home to think about. Um, and she even said it in the episode. Like she didn't know what to tell her husband because she didn't want her husband thinking she provoked this. Right. Um, which is just a shame. So, I mean, Tommy Dreamer just looks like a fucking asshole. And... It's somebody I thought was a good guy in the wrestling industry before this episode. Yep. And I understand there's editing, but he they didn't edit what he said. No. Like in that in that chunk where he's victim. So they made it look like and he might have defended Rick's actions, which doesn't look good. Yeah. That's fine if you said what you said back then. Now you can look at it with rose colored glasses with twenty twenty hindsight. Right. And you're still sticking up for him. That doesn't look good. Yeah. But then when he went on to victim blame the the victim, yeah. you just you're you're just an ass and yeah. you you're getting all the hate and getting kicked off your podcast and getting kicked out of impact. Right. You aren't you 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 deserve it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And like you said, he suspended indefinitely from impact wrestling and he was quote unquote temporarily released from busted open radio. But I can tell you right now uh, Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley, whatever you want to call him. For as much as Bully Ray has been identified as being an asshole, the one thing that he hates more than anything else in the world is objectifying women and sexually assaulting yeah, them. Yeah, that's where he's got most of his heat from. <laughs> yes. Uh, when you piss off Bully Ray to the point where he doesn't want you around, that means you really fucked up. Right. Um, so Dreamer came out and he did apologize, but I mean, at this point, he has to go on a campaign trail to really recover his character, and I don't think he can do it. Not at, not at where he's at in his career. He's yeah. he's on the, he's been on the latter side. He's been in the twilight for like fifteen years, yeah. and he's still holding on. But I don't think, 
you re- you regain from that. No, no. So Ric Flair did break his silence. He was he was instructed by his attorneys to not say anything. But he should have taken their advice. He should have. Uh, but he came out to deny the allegation and took significant umbrage with the defamation he's facing. He explained that he opened his life up for the Thirty for Thirty documentary, which caused significant damage to his image, and this is just another attempt to discredit his career. Uh, he kind of went on to say that he feels like the uh, creator and producer of Dark Side of the Ring is just looking for 15 minutes of fame, and he's already 14 minutes into it. And I think that's bullshit, because I think the 30 for 30 documentary, although it showed him as like a misogynist and a playboy and an alcoholic, he came out of that with everybody talking about him. He was the hottest trending thing on social media for like two weeks after that. He got fucking re-signed. He, he got re-signed <laughs> to the WWE, which is my last point. Yeah. I mean, you're full of shit, Rick, and you should just shut up. To say, oh, I make myself look bad enough. So this isn't true because I didn't bring up forcing my dick into somebody's hand on a flight on my ESPN thing. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, it's not yeah. a defense that's not admirable. You should have just stayed quiet. You should have. Uh and as someone who I'm wearing a Ricky Steamboat shirt right now, who lived and died by watching Ric Flair and his epic battles back in the eighties and nineties and, you know, current like two thousands, man, it just sucks. It sucks to see, oh, sucks to see your sucks. heroes die. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight and to, to not make it about me, but just to show you the, the reach of Ric Flair this past weekend, we were supposed to be at a wrestling and brew event and we were supposed to be serving a Ric Flair named, yep beer um so god do i feel lucky that that happened because we there's no way i was taking that sign yeah or calling it that like we would have just said it's a strawberry milkshake ipa yeah and fucking leave the rick flair shit at home right it was toxic yeah dude like we we have posters we have stickers we have beers we we fucking won a an award for that beer yeah best name to beer (laughs) so i mean what a letdown, man. What a letdown from a legend. Um, I hope that the the absolute truth comes out a hundred, like 360 degrees. Uh, and at this point, I'm not I'm not taking so – I always side with the victim. I always do because I believe it's on them to be comforted. Because even if – let's just say – let's just say that she wasn't forced to touch his penis, but he cornered her on a plane full of – literal superheroes like no wrestler is small even the short guys are fucking stacked so you're being corralled into a certain area of a tube fucking 80 miles in the air that right there is traumatizing enough so whether or not that he actually tried to get her to touch his penis it doesn't fucking matter because he corralled her into an area she couldn't get away from it's not fair to her yeah, and I don't think she'd be holding on to a story for 19 years yeah. just to get sympathy now. Like, right. She was shook. She was shook talking about it. Yeah. And she was shook about every event that happened on that flight, not just this. This just happened to be the worst for her personally. Yes. But this was also after Mr. Perfect almost slammed through the emergency yeah. door and depressurized the cabin and Everyone everything sucks else. sucks the fuck out I mean, destination oh, style. Gosh, I felt bad for everybody on that yeah. flight that wasn't drunk i i will be Good honest Lord. with you it took me three hours to watch that episode of dark side of the ring i had to keep stopping it to walk away from it another person that came out looking not so great was jr yep for like and they asked a great question and i think he gave his honest and best response he could give in his defense on why rick wasn't fired 
Yeah. And he was just like, he's Ric Flair. Yeah. He was too hot to drop, which yeah. is not a great excuse, but at least it was honest. Yeah. And that's one thing I always give JR credit for is that he he's going to say the truth, whether or not you like it or not. Right. Um, and to be honest, like, yeah, he doesn't look great, but at least I can look at JR and say, you you said what you said and right. you meant it. Know how to splice what I you mean, it's, said. I mean, it's the same reason Brock wasn't like a like. Yeah, Mister Perfect got fired. Oh yeah, but Brock was just as guilty. He stayed on. Mm-hmm. Scott Hall got fired, but everybody else <laughs> that was passed out on the plane didn't. You know, it's yeah. just pick and choose, man. Who, who's disposable? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it also falls on Vince then too. Oh, it falls yeah. on him. Most, most Overall, notably. but he just stayed in his seat and washed his hands of the whole ordeal, yeah. from what JR said. Like, dude, you stamp the fucking checks. Stand up and right. say something. You're the only one that these fucking mountains are going to listen to, and you just said, oh, that's cool, yeah. Just do, just drink 30 gallons of alcohol and figure it out. Dude, I, I yell at my kids when they say something inappropriate, and Vince, you're like the dad to all of these gigantic men. Be Be the dad. You know, <laughs> the plane itself sounded awesome though on a lighter night. Yeah, it sounded sure. <laughs> super luxurious. <laughs> Absolutely. It, I don't know, man. I've been drunk on a plane one time. It's the most uncomfortable feeling in the world. I just worry about peeing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And to be completely honest, that's it. Yep, that's it. And I think the longest flight I've ever been on is like four hours. Yeah. So I would say the I was drunk on a two hour flight from from Atlanta to uh i think it was the bahamas and i was hammered and i was like this is a nightmare (laughs) i was sweating everyone was looking at me i think i was the only drunk person in my area of the play (laughs) there's like a really nice happy area you have to get yes and if you go beyond that it's more frightening than being sober (laughs) yeah this thing goes down i can't fucking swim right now (laughs) yeah exactly So on a lighter note here, uh, Triple H issued a statement about uh, his post-surgery. So again, a bright bit of news here. Uh, The Cerebral Assassin sent a heartwarming thanks to his friends, family, and fans. The King of Kings also explained that his heart concerns stem from genetics and that he should make a full recovery after a completely successful surgery. So to me, that's a victory. Not from eating six chicken breasts a day for the no last 30 years of his life not from going from 185 pounds to 310 pounds of pure fucking muscle and only chest muscles <laughs> but yeah i'm glad he's doing okay yeah, for sure uh on some other news here vince wants an attitude era 2.0 with nxt 2.0 or 3.0 because numbers exist so uh, Vince has gone record again to talk about NXT's direction again. This time he wants to ensure he uh, places emphasis on NXT being quote unquote edgier uh, akin to WWF's attitude era. This is most apparent with the push of uh, Tommaso Ciampa holding the NXT title as he's a wrestler that has no issue with getting gritty. Uh, this also plays into Vince's love for huge men that should make up a modern NFL front D line. So I'm looking at you, Mr. Breaker with two K's. Yeah, I mean, I think it would make the product more interesting, so I'm okay with that. I saw he also noted he wants to switch up how the women dress, which was is ambiguous, uh, but yeah, it, it's it might in, might be ill timed. Um, oh, came in for these bra and panty matches yeah, to come back. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's all that fucking means. Like Io Shirai, you're gonna see her come out in what a fucking thong now? Is that what you, do you want? Like a modern day Lita? Is that what you're looking oh, for? Nah, come on, nah, nah. that's not gonna stop it. 
Let women be fucking wrestlers. Not, let them wear whatever they want. Yeah. If they want to wear that, fine. But don't. Christ. Yeah. Let's not uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, suggest stuff. Yeah. Let them just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. They're well, buddy, whatever the hell they want, but. Nah. Whatever, whatever the gets, fuck they want. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, whatever <laughs> they want within, like, not getting flagged on. No! USA. Whatever they want! <laughs> Fuck the writers. Fuck the censors. <laughs> so as we talk about on top of the show here, uh, Raw did post improved ratings. So Raw saw a significant boost to the ratings after pulling Roman Reigns from the daddy of the whole organization, SmackDown, to appear in Triple Threat main event with Big E and Bobby Lashley. Now, a Triple Threat match with this star power uh, can either be incredible or a complete bust. And this match was on the border of being incredible. I thought this match was in fucking credible for how bad was this Raw's this, been. Was this this week? Yes. I that's 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 why I'm here. <laughs> I suffer. I suffer for I the greater watch. good. Nope. I didn't watch. So it it was kind of nice to see all three men put on So they had to bring two guys over from SmackDown. SmackDown to make, to make Raw. Raw interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess Big E's officially Raw now. But. Yes. Yeah, but uh, Big E was on SmackDown, and he got his ass beat by the Usos. So it was only inevitable that he, that everyone would wind up on Raw to kind of like then take on the... It's great that they're muddying all these waters right before the draft happens. Of course. Uh, but all men involved had an opportunity to shine. Reigns, of course, ultimately owned the Raw yard as well, and Bobby Lashley was left wondering what to do next. Uh, so I just say, please let the Hurt Business get back together. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be really um, cool. But yeah, I mean, there's no, the best way, which is impossible now for them to get ratings up on either or show is to kind of make one the A and make one the B show. But you can't do that with one being on USA Now and one on Fox. And with, and with those uh, networks fighting with each other right. now too. Right. They they, they both want to be And blaming on. WWE for yep. everything. Yeah. And then NBC's just in the middle of it. Like, we got the Peacock streaming app. Sorry. Well, that's still that's USA. Yeah, is owned by NBC. It's just so funny to watch because I'll say this though too: USA has their own EVPs, and they are bloodthirsty, man. Because USA is always hanging on by a thread. Yeah, they don't have. A they lot. don't know what to do with themselves since they lost Baywatch and Silk Stockings. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been all they've been hill from there. They've just been hanging yeah. on to the life raft of WWE since like 2001. I want to see lifeguards and I want to see lingerie, and I don't care who's fucking wearing it. But USA doesn't have it, and they need to bring that shit back. <laughs> My 13 year old mind needs to be entertained. <laughs> so, speaking of entertainment, we are going to take a break, but we are going to entertain you with some ads. You may have heard them before, but. Give them a closer listen because when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we bring you some really cool stuff. So we'll see you on the other side. I know what you're thinking right now. How do I get the downstairs hair care I need to impress my partner? Well, the boys have a little something for you. That's right. You can take your grooming to the next level with the flagship of Smooth My Balls, the Turf Chopper 3.0. This pube-destroying trimmer uses stainless steel ceramic blade with micro-sized teeth to ensure you're covered by no-scrape technology. Yep, no cuts, no nicks, no bumps, no hair pulls, and no mishaps. And when those pubes go a-flying, you can call in the backups, the Pube Muncher 1.0, and Sack Mat to ensure cleanup is a breeze. 
All these devices can be used in wet or dry conditions, and they're compact for easy travel storage and have fast charging technology. Right now, our listeners can save 15% on their entire order by using our link, smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB. That includes free shipping to the U.S. That's right. So head on over to smoothmyballs.com slash DWTB and tell them the boys sent you. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our sponsors because, again, when you support them, you support us. And when you support us, we bring some pretty cool stuff. We have some great stuff in the works for you. So we reached out to our now expanding Twitterverse, Adam. I want you to know I've been grinding hard on Twitter. I've been watching. Yeah. From a distance? Yeah. I'm like your Twitter cuck. I just sit in the corner and watch. <laughs> we we gained, I want to say in the past two weeks, we probably got like 50 new followers. Awesome. Over like, like yeah, I have no access to that page or anything, and I don't want it. You just don't, keep doing. What I, you're I, doing. I, I was gonna say, I'll give you. Nope, just keep doing. Nope, or just keep working your magic. <laughs> There's a great. Gr- so, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you have to get Twitter because the the, the indie podcasting on Twitter is so supportive. I awesome. Dig- I digress. Awesome. So we threw it out to our Twitterverse, our expanded Twitterverse. For a bit of a showdown, and we put it out there as a rumor on the street that AEW was going to introduce a new women's title. Uh, so we asked you guys what you thought it was going to be. It was either going to be a TV title or new tag titles, and twenty nine percent of you guys said a TV title, and seventy one percent of you guys said tag titles. Yeah. Now I wish that the seventy one percent of our fans were right because they're wrong. Direct tweet Tony Khan. <laughs> Blow him up. We need women's tag titles. I saw the story today, too. Yes. So, as the migrating uh, dynamite is going to go to TBS, and then Rampage is actually going to stay on TNT, which is cool. Uh, That's because of the hockey deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's actually going to be a TV title. So, it's going to be like the women's TBS TV title to go akin to the men's TNT title. And the good thing, too, is that no one's brand-specific to Rampage and Dynamite. No, so, those, yeah, those yeah. networks are run by the same company. So whoever wins can carry it wherever they want to. And I already believe that you're going to see someone like a Jade Cargill get it around her waist because she's I like that. She's killing the mid-card for the women's right now, and she can put up a good match against some of the higher-end uh, talent because she's very strong. So, yeah, it's a TV title. 29% of you guys are really smart because this voting ended before that story came out. So congratulations to the 20% of people who voted for it. So Adam, we're in round two. That's on this side. We got beers on this side. We put it together. Caught round two beers. What we got? Hey, hey, I got you a little something from the other side of the nation. From the forbidden door? No. You- I left my lucha mask upstairs. So we have kindness from the Anchorage Brewing Company. Sounds good already. Um, of course, out of Anchorage, Alaska. So uh, it is a an I, uh, session IPA. Uh, I would say it's a New England because it, it has lactose. Um, but it is a – oh, see, here it is in the description. A hazy session IPA with phantasm powder and 100% mosaic hops. What you think, Matt? Wow. So off the rip, the color is really nice because it's just like slightly opaque. The nose on this thing, I cracked the can while you were talking, and the pungent dankiness 
hit me in the nose really hard. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a super danky IPA. I took my first sip out of it, and it's actually really, really smooth. The dankiness is only in the aroma, but the mosaic really shines here. This is like we talked about the other beer we had at the beginning being a nice crest into like the New England, especially the higher ABV style ones. This right here is quite a wonderful approach to more experimental IPAs. It's kind of thin, especially on the back end. It's only 4% though. Yeah. So. But it, it it's... It's an everyday beer. It's really good. I really, like I said, Mosaic shines hard. But if you're not an IPA person, this is actually a really good IPA to grab because it's not so aggressive. Right. So something in that description and what caught my eye about the beer and why I got it was Phantasm Powder. Never heard of it before. Never, Boy! Never, never used it here, tall man. Um, but Phantasm Powder is a powder that is derived from New Zealand Marlboro Sauv Blanc grapes, which are rich in... Theol precursors. I'm just reading it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no scientist. But anyway, it's known to create aromas of citrus, guava, passion fruit, probably that dankness you're getting. Yeah. Um, called Phantasm. So, can, uh, I do, can I do it again? You want to say boy again? Boy! <laughs> Spooky season. The, every time you say it, I want to get hit with one of those balls and just have <laughs> the drill. Blood, going yeah, just have blood <laughs> squirt out the front of my face. <laughs> Make me feel a lot better, <laughs> you cheesy boy. That's what I'm here for, man. It's spooky season. Phantasm. Oh, my God. Hit me with your balls. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Hit me with your best shot, tall man. <laughs> so, while we enjoy this great beer, we have to talk about something else that happens in October. Not just Halloween, Adam. But the WWE draft is happening in October. <laughs> Woo! I know. So we've talked about how stale things have gotten on Raw and actually on SmackDown as well. You can't keep having the same matches every night. So WWE kind of picked up on that, and they're set to kick off the draft on October 1st, and they will conclude it on October 4th. Talent from all three promotions, that's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, will be up for selection, and we are on the clock. Current champion, so before I get into that, rules, rules. Yeah, lay them out before okay. I break them. Current champions on all brands will stay in place at their respective promotions as it is clear that they are said to be the harbingers of their brands. Secondly, established tag teams can be taken as single picks. My example for you is the Viking Raiders. They can be taken as a single pick if you want to grab them up. Lastly, NXT will not be taking talent in this draft, but we can pick talent off of the NXT roster. That does not include NXT UK. Got it. No, Walter. Yes. Damn it. You and I had that discussion off mic. And we trend were, seven. We were both mad at each other. So before I go on, I just want to name off the NXT champs right now because they do deserve their 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 time here. So And they're up for getting picked. Yeah, and they are up for getting picked. So Tommaso Ciampa, Raquel Gonzalez, Isaiah Scott, MSK, Io uh, Shirai, Zoe Stark, and Cameron Grimes, they are all champions of NXT. Of course, Ciampa has the men's title. Gonzalez is the women's title. Scott has the North American Championship. MSK is Tag Team Championship. Shirai and Stark are the Women's Tag Team Championships. And the uh, dollar, Million Dollar Champ is Cameron Grimes. So, whoever we're going to do this, Adam, is one of us has to be SmackDown, one of us has to be Raw. So, let's do a little Rochambeau and see who's who. Oh, I know who I'm thinking. No. Well, okay, ready? Ready. It's one, two, three, then shoot. Ready? You got it. One, two, three, shoot. 
Fuck, yes. I'll take Raw. Uh, of course. God damn it. Okay. So representing Raw will be, uh, e- I guess, EVP, Adam Bashline. And, of course, taking on uh, SmackDown will be the notorious M-A-T-T. So, uh, Adam, just so you know, your champions that you have already in stock are the men's champion, Big E, women's champion, Charlotte, tag champions, RK Bro, and the U.S. champion, Damian Priest. And, of course, I take on SmackDown, which I have the men's champ and Roman Reigns, the women's champion, and Becky Lynch. I have the intercontinental champion, King Nakamura, and I have the tag team champs in the Usos. So, what I would like to do here, because I was very kind, and I put the entire roster at the end of this. Mm -hmm. So, you can pick from anything, but I will say this too. As a little twist that I didn't put in the notes, you can protect somebody on your roster. You can pick one person to protect on the raw roster. Like out of my champions. No, no. Your Your champions are not moving. Okay. All champions stay in place. But you can pick somebody to protect on your roster. So if you want to take a minute to look at your raw roster, which is the first one there that I have identified for you. I didn't do it like this. That's why I want to throw it in there. But my champions are safe. All champions are safe. So as raw, I'm only picking SmackDown or NXT talent. Correct. Oh, that makes this so much easier. Yeah. But I want you to make sure you go through your raw roster and you pick one person to protect. Almost like the NHL expansion draft. Okay. Let me look at my. So I'm going to tell you right now. I think it's pretty easy for me. When I look at mine, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to clearly protect uh, Mr. Cesaro. He's going to stay. Fucker. He's going to stay with SmackDown, baby. So, so I'm between a few, and the guy I'm going to save is a little bit older, but I think, hold on. Yeah, I think worth it. I'm between two, because I really, really, R-Truth. I really, really like uh, Keith Lee. Okay. But I'm going to protect AJ Styles. Okay. Smart move, because he is definitely a guy who can dominate mid-card, and he can also do some damage... Uh, on the top end of things, too. You, so. you are going to have to uh, forgive me, though, because I'm going to have to. I just wrote a bunch on my list, so I'm going to have to make sure they're on SmackDown before I say them. Yeah. So I'll do it as quick as possible. Totally I know fun. the guys on my list that are in NXT, but. Okay. Yeah, not a problem. I like man. that because that really slims down my list. By, yeah. You know. Well, I also, too, wanted to you know, so. throw, a little, throw a little something in there uh, just to kind of, you know, give you a little twist. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's the thing you get when you get to write the notes, you know? So, uh, if you don't mind, since you took the brand that I wanted, may I go first? Sure. Okay. So, uh, first-round picks are very important here. And a first-round pick for me that I couldn't pass up even if I could try, I'm going to take Keith Lee with my first-round <laughs> pick because I feel that Dick. he's, he's going to bolster <laughs> my top-end talent. And he also has the ability to be a mid-card dominant force. So I'm going to take Keith Lee from your Raw roster and inject him into the already juggernaut that is known as SmackDown. That's fine. I'm taking a better wrestler off yours. (laughs) Ready, sir? Yup. For my first pick, Raw is drafting Finn Balor. I knew it. And he was the other guy I wanted to protect so bad because he has the alter ego of the demon. You know how much I like looking at him. I know. Dude, he's a 
fine fucking specimen. He's coming to Ron. He's going to be my boy. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Pushed him to the top. You could. I mean, this could, that could be quite an incredible uh, push. Again, very smart moves by taking people who can fulfill spots in the mid and upper card here because Finn Balor can wrestle with anybody. Yeah, I bet you said wait until you see who I take. You thought I was going to take Rick Boogs. Huh? I, I thought you were. I thought you were. And I thought that would be a, a very fun There's still time. Fun thing there for you to do. So um, you thought I was going to take Xavier Woods too, didn't you? So, yeah, of now. course. Not going to do that. We can just trade him for Boogs in the after show. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, with my second round pick here, I am going to take a man who has done wonders for a resurgence in his career. And I feel that he's put on great matches with Eric from the top to the bottom. And it's going to be Mr. Sheamus. (laughs) Thank you. Take him. That's fine. I think that Sheamus is going to be uh, a great matchup with King Nakamura. That's going to be a great mid-card bout that you can see time and time again. You could put him up against the, the guy you protected, too, Cesaro, because they haven't ever f- fought against each other. Not, never. Never. And actually, I'm thinking about putting the bar back together because nice. they were very successful. They, they were a good tag team. Yeah. So uh, you think you're going to outshine me here with your second-round pick? Yeah. Taking <laughs> Seth Rollins. Stacking my roster with young, fast talent. I, Except for AJ Styles, but he's still fast. But AJ Styles is like, he's timeless, man. I, I mean, don't. None of these guys are really young either. Like they're in no. their prime right now. You I mean the young guys here too? The hard part about the young guys is that everyone's buried. None of the young guys are right. getting any. So I'm kind giving of, them some shine. Go ahead and yeah. take Sheamus off Raw because yeah, you know. Seth, uh, Seth and Finn are going to need some time to shine. They are. They are. So I'm going to move on to for my third round pick. I want to move on to uh, uh, the opposite gender here, if I may. Go ahead. So I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to miss anybody off a row. Oh, I, I'll bite my tongue on that. There are some people I'd miss. Sorry. I'm going to take Oscar. Yeah, that would be one of Yes. <laughs> Again. You, you got me. Yes. You got me right in the gipper. So I, if you look at it, Becky Lynch is the current uh, women's champion. But I think if you had someone like Asuka taking her on in a good storyline, the Empress of Tomorrow could really sell some tickets going against the man. So Asuka, my third round pick, baby. Who do you got? Punk. I'm going to be the bigger man. No, you're not. And I'm I'm not going to attack your show anymore. I'm going to draft somebody up from NXT. Okay. And I'm taking my favorite wrestler currently, okay. now that Adam Cole's gone. <laughs> taking Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, that's that is a, a wonderful choice. Look at my three choices. Put yeah. them in a triple threat at WrestleMania, main event. You're selling tickets yeah. all day. Could you imagine a vacant title? Doesn't matter which one it is for those three guys. Called the boy title because they're my boys. Oh, yeah. They, that's an amazing grab, and I commend you on on that I just wanted to grab that before you got him. Yeah, because he was on my list. For fucking sure, because that dude has put on extraordinary matches all across the board. Um, Gosh, man. So I really want to dip into NXT myself, but the hard part for me is you took the one guy that I really, really wanted. Um, But if we are going to... Ah, oh, jeez. I really do like another guy 
down in NXT. And I think now, since you're thinking that way, I need to take him now, or you're going to take him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Pete Dunn. He was on my yeah. in my round four. He was on my shortlist, but I had a bad yeah, bad. I had a bad. Uh, Pete Dunn is clearly the next uh, figurehead of NXT, and if I can steal him to put him down on, on the SmackDown roster, I'm a happy camper. Motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so you're up for number four, sir. So I'm still looking at an NXT. Okay. I'm between two. One has been there for a long time, and one is really new. And they are completely opposites in body style and in ring <laughs> capability. Are you taking Braun Breaker? He's one of the two. <laughs> um, I think I got to go with the proven commodity, though, in this draft. Maybe next year, Braun Breaker. I'm going to take Johnny Gargano. That's a smart move, man, because Johnny G is... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, can, can I, take, I can't take NXT champions either, right? Nope. NXT okay. champions are Never mind. off. Yeah, then Johnny Gargano. Otherwise, I was taking Champo. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, if, if we were able to take NXT champs, I would have just went... Boop, boop, I boop, just... Boop, yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot to even look up there. But he's the only one out of the champs I would take right now. Well, I mean, Isaiah Scott would definitely come in my top 10. Yeah. But not in my top. Yeah. So would MSK, but... So, uh, I think for me... As as a fan of tag team wrestling, I have to take a tag team with my last pick. I wanted to save it for last because I think that the SmackDown roster needs a resurgence in tag team wrestling because you have Usos and Mysterios every night. So I am going to steal the Viking Raiders from your list uh, because not only are they good as a tag team, but they are also good in singles competition. And a two-for-one pick is exactly what Daddy likes. Free is my favorite flavor, so I'm taking both the Viking. You do like a bargain. I do. <laughs> the Viking Raiders belong to SmackDown. Go right ahead. What you got? Because Raw's not going to be tag centric. Because Vince already, yeah, he screwed that depleted up. Depleted my roster yeah. of anything worth. Look it. at the tag champs. You have RK Bro. Was that your? That was your fourth pick, huh? That was my fifth pick. Oh, that was your fifth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went. I picked Brand. You went first. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna close this with a free. I mean, you see where I'm building. Oh yeah. We're just peaking. Yeah. Talent that's just on the edge of needing. I'm just trying to stabilize. Push. Other than Seth Rollins, he had his push, but like. He's on a second push. We'll bring him back up. Yeah. Yeah. So you need somebody for these guys to go up against that's established, like really established, like Brock Lesnar established. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you look at because Daddy needs cash, yes. So I got to bring in the money with good old Ponytail Lesnar. So here's the twist I want to present to you to see if you feel like this is something that you'd like to do. So if you had one person on your list. That you could trade for two people off of the NXT roster, including champions, who would you pick? Could trade off? You have to get rid of the person, but you replace them with two NXT champions. Easy. Okay. Jo- Johnny Gargano's gone. Johnny Gargano's gone. Who do you pick up? I'm taking MSK and Tomasa Champa. <laughs> I'm taking champions. Very smart. Sorry, Braun. <laughs> Sorry, Braun Breaker, you're still not making it. Thousand percent. So, in a stunning trade, Johnny Gargano is out. MSK and Tommaso Ciampa are in. Dude, what an acquisition! That's incredible. Um, so what about you? Oh, it's it's the same thing. 
I'm taking Isaiah Scott and the women's tag champions, uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, and I am going to send the Viking Raiders now. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. Goodbye. I thought it was either them or Pete. Because I – no, Pete Pete Dunn, I need him. I don't know. I, need, I don't know, I, dude. Well, I, well, here's what I'm going to say. I think that the women's division on SmackDown is good, but when you don't have anybody to build up and when you bring in two significant talents like that, the price of one, you're really bolstering your women's roster. And plus you leave more room on NXT then for them to – for someone to grow. So I am taking the NXT women's tag champs and I'm taking Isaiah Swerve Scott for sure for the Viking Raiders. So the Viking Raiders go down to NXT and they can hang out. With they, were, they were their best there anyway. Yes. So get them, get them away from Vince Swerve. Uh, yep. <laughs> so I think we have a pretty substantial card here. So let's run back down for yours. So uh, you already have Big E, Charlotte, RK Bro, and Damian Priest holding titles. You've picked up Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Kyle O'Reilly, Brock Lesnar, and in a stunning trade, you've gotten rid of Johnny Gargano, and you've acquired MSK and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. On the SmackDown side of this, you have... Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, King Nakamura, and the Usos, and I have acquired Keith Lee, Sheamus, Asuka, Pete Dunne, uh, Io Shirai, Stark, and Scott. So, Isaiah Scott, that's a pretty decent lineup. Pretty decent. Yes. But, oh, and I'm also saying, like, the whole reason I took Raw is because RK-Bro well, and Damian Priest. Like, RK-Bro, I'm breaking them up immediately. Oh, Got yeah. two other single stars there. Could you imagine having like a... I'm not even going to have a tag division. I was already saying, man, you have nobody to tag with. Nope. So you're going full single centric. That's why you and I differ so much because I love tag tag wrestling. I do too, but I there's like, what am I... I'd have to pick you five tag teams to make a tag division on Raw Well, that's right the other now. thing too, man. You like RK I mean, I took is, MSK. I'm going to rebuild it from the bottom. Yeah. I mean, you could. Or you could break MSK up too and have two fantastic once, singles. Once O'Reilly and Champa get their singles pushes, I'll put them together in a team. That'll be a pretty good tag could team. Could you so. imagine Keith O'Reilly and Seth Rollins being a tag team? You mean Kyle O'Reilly? Yeah. What did I say? Keith O'Reilly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine Keith O'Reilly versus... <laughs> Who's that? Daniel Bryerson? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, could you imagine O'Reilly... Oh, who's that on the ramp? It's Pete Dune. <laughs> I fucked that up too, didn't I? And Matt Rydell. <laughs> it's Riddell. You're really shit. Riddell. I am. I'm really bad. You know, that's crazy too, because like, I do a lot of talking on this podcast, but I fucking suck at names, man. I just hate people's names. Yeah, I, They're just not important enough for you to know. <laughs> I'm so cool that I don't give a shit about your name. <laughs> you don't fuck up Mark Calloway. No, I don't, because he's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> We'll see what happens after Dark Side of the Ring. We might have to revisit that. Oh, well, I, could, I couldn't draft anybody over from AEW either, right? No, no. We'll, we'll do that at some point too. We do like the the full mix up because we we want to include like GCW, MLW, and all those other guys in there too. There's lots of talent on those rosters as well. So down the road, I think we'll do a massive draft, and we'll just like draft for our own company, because we had the fantasy Sounds card good. for the Joe Dottori and World Wrestling Federation. So, Adam, uh, 
we gained a lot of new listeners. So I threw out to everybody. I'm like, I wanted listener questions, comments, and whatevs. So the first two are actually just reviews we received on Apple Podcasts, and they're very sweet. So first and foremost, uh, reviewed and rated in Apple, you have a cool-ass podcast. That's a very simple review, but let me just tell you, as two guys who work really hard on this podcast, that hits me right in the feels. I'm having a feels trip right now. Did you know this person? No. These are newly acquired people. Oh, I know who the second person is. Uh, yes, very interesting, and the hosts are very likable and easy to listen to. A must-have on my podcast itinerary. Do you know who that is? Yeah, thanks, Mom. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a gentleman that has a great sports podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. Matt, Matty Ice's, uh, Ice's sports cast, and it's fantastic. So like, if you, if you liked ESPN back in the late 90s and early 2000s before it got all fucking argumentative, he brings back that original flavor where it's good sports talk and non-confrontational and you Light, just get, lighthearted a little comedic. Yeah, yeah, yeah really good job over there and he took the time to listen he listened to a bunch of our episodes and gave us a great review thank you sir i yeah. will start listening thank you so much and then of course with all the new people who have listened to us they everyone's asking the question how do you guys pick your topics to discuss and debate which is a great question because i think we kind of keep it pretty pretty diverse you know we're not we're we're very we're definitely a wrestling podcast yeah. but we tend to go left of wrestling i mean today yeah today's episode is pretty yeah. wrestling heavy but we like to sprinkle in a little bit of beer sprinkle in a little bit of horror um movies yeah and uh you know all the things we like but i don't i mean how do we pick topics well i guess a little like to get real technical about it we kind of usually have a beer or two after the podcast and we talk about what we're going to do in the next week. Look up if there's any wrestling events happening, uh, beer festivals, beer releases, um, horror movie releases. You know, anything that falls in our wheelhouse. Is yeah. there anything big coming up? Um, and then if not, we kind of just brainstorm. And, like, it doesn't stop here. Like, we'll text each other constantly oh, yeah. throughout the week and, and things like that. And any breaking news we let each other know about. Yeah. And that's the beauty of having – you know, th the questions that come up all the time, too, is like when you start a podcast, what are some of the major things that you want to have happen? And I think it's, and this kind of answers this question, too. I always say be around people that you really like, ha like talking to. And before we had this podcast, you and I would do this without microphones. So this is right. this is very natural. So, like, Adam and I are really, really good friends, best friends. Um, and it's easy for us to talk to each other about this kind of stuff. And we have different tastes, although they're aligned. They're They're different enough to where we can talk about things. Um, yeah, so I think for like yeah. the like the games we play, for lack of a better word, which is so much fun. We get into, that's where we focus on our differences. Yes, because that's where it gets fun. Yeah, and that's real too. By the way, we don't like we never give our picks. Before. No, like all we'll do is say like, oh yeah, let's do let's do like a top four for like horror. Like we did the horror movies with professional wrestlers. We just talk shit to each other for an, for a week. Like wait till that's you why that one got so heated. Yeah, and I don't know. Well, it's because peek behind the curtain. We were gonna do it on the Dennis episode. Yes. So we we both knew we were gonna do that a week earlier, we and then we so just had an extra week to time. talk shit. Yeah. So we had so much time to research. Oh yeah, and all we did was like I love Adam does this thing where he'll send me like voice cuts in my texts and it's all it's always just like wait you see what i do motherfucker 
So we kind of like stir each other up too before we get to it. So we'll like again. So we'll pick things we like and pick things we can talk about uh, at least for twenty minutes, and then we'll just kind of go after it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, Matt writes the bulk of our topics and asks me if I agree or disagree, and for the most part, I yeah. agree. So, yeah. which is great though. It's not very hard. I think the nice thing though too is that you have no problem saying like I don't like this, I don't like that, or I want to put this in or take this out. Which, it, and I don't know how people do this alone. I have no idea people. Or podcast if there's alone. like if there's late breaking news, oh, I'll yeah. just be like, your news looks great. Just throw to me at the end. I have a story I'm yeah. going to pop in there. Yeah. And it's great. It just works. It's good fluidity. So that's how we do it. Uh, yeah, because if it's super late breaking, sometimes you'll be here. We have the mic set up. I'll be like 20 seconds yeah. before we go to record. I say, hey, at the end of the news, just throw to me. I got a story. Right. And, and it's always pertinent, too. Yeah. So, again, find someone you like doing this with because doing it by yourself is kind of hard. And then pick things you like to talk about because no, because trying to make shit up doesn't yeah. really work. And another thing for yeah. us, like, I know we like thought about going true crime or just just horror yeah. podcast, and there's just people we know that do that better and do yeah. that really well already. Yes, not to say that there's not a wrestling podcast, but a lot of the wrestling podcasts are news heavy or recap heavy. So we like touch on the recap at our level and kind yeah. of make fun of the matches, go into the news, keep it as lighthearted as some wrestling news can be, some can't be. And then we move on to a game. Like we, you know, yeah, we, we try to keep round two fun and. Absolutely. And we also, and, and too, like we we're homers. We love where we are. So we always like, we're featuring local beer. We're right. featuring local places and we have friends in all these different places and they just love, they, they love bringing stuff to us and letting us kind of rip on it and riff on it. So. Wink to you, Anchorage Brewing Company. I need a friend there. Yeah. What's <laughs> up? I hear you guys can fly helicopters and shit. <laughs> So, speaking of beer, speaking of getting people what they want, Adam, what is on tap and where can you find us? Yeah, there is very little on tap. So, uh, first off, I'd like to thank everybody that was out at All Saints Brewing uh, last weekend for Homebrew and Chill. Uh, we had a great turnout. Thanks for loving what you drank, and thank you for those of you who gave me some critiques on what you drank, because that helps... Believe it or not, way more than just getting positive feedback. Helping me make the beer better is a great thing. And we had a great turnout, and I really appreciated everybody at Humber and Chill. And keep your eyes out, because we will be doing that again every time they'll have us. But now to get on what's on tap is what's left from that yes. fest, which is a little bit that's already bottled up. I think I have like 12 bottles of the Tortuga and Fuego, which is the smoked poblano pepper ale. It's now up for anybody that wants it. Uh, Hit my DMs. I'll meet you out at a brewery or swing through. I'll curbside drop it. Uh, we also have some apple fritter ale still hanging out in bottles and on tap. Uh, and that's just a blonde ale with cinnamon toast crunch and apples. And that's coming in at 7.4%. And we still have some Jojinator. Um, the last batch, there is a new batch coming. It's already in the fermenter. And that's our honey double IPA. That's 8.4%. And as far as where you can see us coming up, uh, our next event on the calendar right now will be October 16th at the Pittsburgh Big Pour. Uh, we will have more details and information for you uh, on that event next week. And then what we talked about last week, the Drink the Cookie Table event with Fuel by Hops on November 6th, which I will, me and Matt will be brewing for that in the next 
couple of days. We're actually. bringing that good shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Real quick before I get, I drop any other things like socials or whatever. I want to let you know right now, uh, for people who want like a festive, like holiday drink, if you take your apple fritter, I forgot to tell you this, take your apple fritter and you drop some whiskey in it. Oh, it's, I imagine that would be good. It's delicious. I, well, I know where my night's going after this. <laughs> We're about to have some fun. <laughs> but if you want to find out what's going on with Adam down here in the Brew Lab, all you have to do is follow him on all social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, and I force him to get on Twitter, and that's at Bash underscore Brew. Also, follow him at Untapped. And if you want to know what's happening here with the boys in the Jojitorium, just follow us at DecayNWTB on all social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And keep sending in your listener questions, comments, and whatevs to DecayNWTBGmail.com. Don't forget to rate. Subscribe, share, do whatever you can to make this podcast even better for you guys. So from where we are here in the Judgeatorium, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, until next time, cheers. Cheers. And I got a whiskey lined up already. Crown vanilla, baby. Yeah!